Hello and welcome to a bit of film podcast. I'm Hattie. And I am James. This podcast is for film lovers, spoiler chasers and general banter. We are two Brits in lockdown with too much time on our hands talking about films. We both hold degrees and jobs in the creative arts. Yes, our parents are so proud that it ultimately led to this podcast. So we might go into some behind the scenes or production elements you might not know or be familiar with. We release episodes every two weeks, talking about the latest film and TV offerings. If you love excessive defending of plot holes and mispronouncing actors' names, this is for you. Please be advised, we discuss spoilers, so please turn off if you haven't seen or keep listening if you don't care. This week, we are talking about the new Suicide Squad trailer and the second episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, we now need to move on to the actual podcast. Ah, do we? Yeah, I'm sorry news this week so yes new releases this week let's start with you know that. what's in brian blessed are you no i can't i can't news this week <laughs> no it's not right. so new releases this week black widow finally has a confirmation date it is coming to disney plus on july 9th and corona is also going to be released on the same platform so if you have a spare 30 pounds and want to go for it do but after mulan i am waiting to be impressed after Mulan, I am waiting. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Let me just read this out before you laugh at my joke, James. Fine. Uh... We also have the new Suicide Squad trailer directed by James Gunn, which looks awesome. But first... Um, okay. So on to other news. James Cameron has released Avatar in China. So it is now officially back as the title of the highest grossing film of all time, which is currently uh, stands at $2.83 billion. Kicking Avengers Endgame off the top. I find this, I found this really funny because I know that, I know that Endgame, Endgame ended up re-releasing itself like with some sort of hidden footage yeah. to try and coax people back in. And hidden footage was nothing. It was like a, like I think it was an unfinished clip, uh, which I think they tagged on at the very end, and there was a there was a nice tribute to Stan Lee as well, but not like extra footage in the actual film itself. It's not. It's not Blade Runner that you're going to re-release it five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I am curious to see now how long it takes for um, the Russo brothers to release their extended edition of Avengers Endgame in cinemas to try and <laughs> knock Avatar back off the top. Yeah, slot. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But also, also I love the fact because I think technically Disney own Avatar now. Um, oh, of course, I have yeah. a feeling that is on Disney Plus. So Disney are literally sat there going, hmm, bring in the money. Well, actually, on on that, I want to talk about that. I think this is a genius move by Disney. So I'm not sure if I've talked about this before, but the Chinese market literally made Star Wars Force Awakens close within like a week because I think we've talked, mentioned this before. The trailer is very much about um, nostalgia of the previous trilogies. And what was genius about this move is that now the Chinese market have seen the first one. And that means that when the second one comes out, that they actually have a captive audience for it, as opposed to with Star Wars, where they released Force Awakens. And because most of the cinema goers had never seen the uh, original Star Wars, they walked out the cinema and it flopped. Oh, so you think this is why they're releasing Avatar yes. in China now in preparation for Avatar 2, whenever that's supposed to come out? Exactly, exactly. I mean, in my opinion, all of this money that they've just made in China is going towards Avatar 2's budget, which currently stands at a mere $250 million in 13 years after the first one. That's when it's due to be released, 2022. Yeah, this is what I don't get about the whole... Because Avatar, isn't this supposed to be like an Avatar 2, 3 and 4? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's really he's filming all of them at the same time. That's why it's taking yeah. so long. I don't. Well, I don't oh God, I mean, uh, well, the Avatar, the first Avatar was it was a really good film. 
particularly great for the time because I know it was around the time like the whole mocap stuff that was being excelled like far past what like Lord of the Rings had been doing at the time. And 3D and 3D. 3D had just properly come in. That helped. And it was, yes, it was in 3D. Yeah, that was one of his big selling points. But I mean, to make it, to make three more films on it, I don't, oh, I just think it's going to get tiresome very, very quickly. After all this time, I think it's like, if you watch Avatar now, I don't know if it had the same effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I, I, I want to. I want it to be good. Um, not sure it's going to be. Not sure he's going to be able to sustain the narrative that much because he basically did Pocahontas for the first one. So which other Disney princesses he's ripping off in the second? I'm just curious. <laughs> tangled. <gasps> yes. So she's now my... Avatar is tangled, and that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Yes. So, uh, no, I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, Hollywood's been punished before with Star Wars. So uh, they've learned. So, yeah, good for them. Yes. Uh, Cool. So that's the end of news. What do you think, James, of the second Suicide Squad trailer? Which sounds like I'm talking about the second trailer. I'm not. I'm talking about Suicide Squad 2 trailer. Fucking hell. Yeah, this is, well, this, well, I mean, let's just start with the fact that it is called The Suicide Squad, and apparently the first one was just called Suicide Squad, because... Oh, that is the only difference? That is the only difference, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait. This is the sequel, this is the sequel to Suicide Squad called The Suicide Squad. Clearly someone just didn't want to call it The Suicide Squad 2, or <laughs> wanted to forget that the first film had ever happened. James Gunn. Okay. Fez? James Gunn. Um, it's so Guardians. Yeah. In all the right ways. The- well, so what well, this is this is the weird thing. Okay. So the the first Suicide Squad, sorry, just Suicide Squad. Oh, see, that's going to get so confusing. <laughs> like Suicide Squad what already had sort of like Guardians vibes to it. Mm. It was it was another attempt. It felt like another attempt for the DCEU to try and recreate the magic of Guardians of the Galaxy and then apply it to their worst heroes ever kind of montage definitely the fact that james gunn obviously got brought on for the second one was just beautiful <laughs> because it's kind of like they thought right okay we tried to replicate what he did we couldn't let's just bring him in to do it for us and the fact that he had that altercation let's say with disney basically played straight into their hands i do agree it is it, it has got very much suicide squad vibes i, I think it's from the, the there, was, there was that one shot where you've got all the heroes walking towards camera with the american flag in the background and it says from the beautifully horrible mind or oh no the other yeah. way around the horribly horribly beautiful mind of james gunn that was beautifully um, done yeah I like which that. i which i absolutely loved i the thing is i quite like the vibe of this film i mean i, I i'm keeping my expectations low because of the first film but because the first the, the trailer for the first one looked so good, yeah, and there was a bit of a disappointment. So I'm trying to stay reserved for this one as well. I like the fact that oh, I love the fact that Idris Elba's in this. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it, well, Idris Elba is obviously Will Smith's replacement on this one, and I think he is definitely going to be the he's he's going to be the one with charisma who kind of carries the film along with Margot Robbie, and I think John Cena as well. John Cena has been surprising me in quite a few of his films. There's also Sylvester Stallone know. as the shark dude. Yes. Now I did not realise this when I watched the trailer. Yeah, me either. I found this. I, I found this little piece of information after I'd watched it, and I I had to I had to do a bit of googling afterwards just to make sure that no that someone wasn't taking the piss. <laughs> um, and again, I suppose the fact that we're talking about James Gunn here that is like recruiting Vin Diesel to do the voice of Groot. Yes. Yeah. At least at least Sylvester Stallone might have more lines. <laughs> King, Sh- King Shark, in general, 
I mean, we have the crocodile in the first film, and now we've got King Shark in the second one. I do think his CGI looks very weird. Yeah, but I think it'll be fun. I think it could be, as long as he doesn't go down the, um, I suck at names, uh, Drax. As long as he doesn't go down the Drax route with the shark guy and Sylvester Stallone, I think it'll be okay. Because oh no, I think I think he already is. Because I mean, there's that there was the scene where they're in their briefing room, and um, I think it's Amanda Waller's asking any questions, and it just goes hand. Yeah, well the okay. When I mean that I don't want him to go like, like Drax, uh, yes, I agree. But what I hated about Drax is that they ruined him in the second one. So I just hope that this time they're going to do him right, more like the first Guardians. Oh yeah, no, they absolutely, they absolutely, yeah, they absolutely ruined Drax in the second film. Uh, we also need to talk about uh, the fact that they're, because um, the guy the guy who's the dad of uh, Chris Pratt and Guardians is now in this one, and I forgot the bloody dude's name. Kurt Russell. No, 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 the other dude. The other dude, the the the, the guy with the oh, arrow. Rondo. Yeah, what's the actor's name? I feel like I should say the actor's name. I don't know, but he's in this? Yeah, he's the guy with the white hair. Oh, I didn't recognise him without the blue face. What? <laughs> I didn't recognise him without the blue face. How about that? Basically, James Gunn has brought back the actor Yondu, and it's great. I hope I, I'm glad he's because he's now dead in the Marvel universe. Well, until they bring him back, of course. Great to have him in uh, Suicide Squad. So yeah, really enjoyed seeing him. I hope they don't repeat the same problems with Drax. And yeah, looking forward to it. Michael Rooker. Thank you, Michael Rooker. Yes. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. great. So yeah, glad to see him back. Don't mess up Drax. Yeah, the trailers raised my expectations. I didn't know what to expect from this one. The, but the fact that James Gunn's involved, I am very excited about just because he managed to, like Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, when it was first pitched, as it were, I didn't think was going to work. This was around the yeah. time where Marvel seemed to be sort of pulling all the projects together, which they thought were the most riskiest, <laughs> in the sense of that they had Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, all the sort of like weird ones that didn't quite fit into the first world they created. And then obviously they pulled all those out of the back. So. And they, that was, they, showed, they showed that by having, when they released Guardians, it was released at some weird time like February, and yet somehow stored the box office, I think. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like the summer flick. Mm. It was. Yeah, it was very much kind of like the first quarter of. Um, it might of the work. Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might work, and if it doesn't, not the end of the world. And then the day ends up being really popular. So yeah, no, I am curious for this. I love all the different weird sort of clearly minor villains that they're bringing on. The fact that Peter Capaldi on this as well is a little bit of a yeah solid for it yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, he doesn't say a word in it. He just basically looks very Peter Capaldi. When he, he looks very Doctor Who, but I, I, it doesn't bother me. Mm, no, it doesn't bother me at all either. No. In fact, I just love that entire exchange when like, like Holly Quinn says, "If you cough without covering your mouth, <laughs> you die." No, it was the license plates. It was it was the personalized oh, yes, license, license plates, and I was like, "Yes, yes." It's just wrong though. No, I, th- I, th- I think Margot Robbie is... I mean, Margot Robbie is just a fantastic Holly Quinn anyway. Uh, it was It's almost like she was born to play that part. <laughs> and I love the fact that she is still in this. She hasn't left along with Will Smith. I am also quite excited that Jai Courtney's back as uh, Captain Boomerang. Yes, yes. And um, Joel Kidman's back as well, which is always great to see him. Joel Kidman, the... Which one? Joel Kidman. Which one was he? He's the Swedish he, um... one who's with Id- Idris. Oh, okay. The the guy who was the original like commander of the first one. Oh, Rick Flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, who... <laughs> I don't remember no, his no. character name. <laughs> I don't remember the actor. First. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. And then, yeah, is it Viola Davis as yes. Amanda Waller? Yeah, back again. Who is? Whoop, whoop. I mean, 
Jesus Christ, she's brilliant. I mean, the purple like, the purple suit's a bit of a question mark, but hey, she's not just in black, which is nice. She's actually got... Hold, you know, on, we're talk- so, so hold on, we're talking about a trailer where there are giant starfish appears at the end of the trailer, and you're worrying about Amanda Waller's purple suit. Yes, because she's, she's, she's cool, and purple's a bold choice. She could pull it off. She can, she can. She, she can do anything. She's a, she's a badass. <laughs> no, she was she was brilliant in the first film. I don't think I've seen her in much else, but she was brilliant in the first film. And I'm, I'm keen to see more with the Suicide Squad. Um, it's one of those ones that I'm definitely going to watch at some point. I'm just going to hold back reservations. As long as there's not a sky beam at the very end, I think we'll all be happy. Agreed, <laughs> agreed. We are now moving on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two. After John Walker has been given the metaphorical baton and the literal shield of Captain America, Sam and Bucky finally unite to fight some super soldiers and, as usual, try and fix the world. Go on, then. What do you think? Episode two. Oh. See, right, okay. So, no, I, I mean, I liked it. I still enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was another good sort of solid episode. I, well, I like how they're trying to develop the idea of this new Captain America as it were, yeah. um, in terms of them starting off with him doing some sort of press and publicity about being the next Captain America. Yes. And there are definitely parts throughout the episode where like, Bucky and Sam are giving him a hard time, and it's kind of like, is that warranted? I mean, at the end of the day, he's, he's been given this gig, he's, he's, and he's, trying to do, he's, trying, he's going to try and do the best he can, until the very end where obviously he flips it around and he says, you better stay out of my way, sort of thing. I like where they're tr- how they're trying to develop his character. This is Wyatt Russell, is that right? The character? This is Wyatt Russell, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the son of Kurt Russell, who, as a bit of trivia, apparently um, his first ever audition for a film was Captain America. He he originally auditioned for Captain America at the same time uh, that Chris Evans was. The actor? The actor, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wyatt Russell uh, had auditioned for uh, Captain America the first time around, but obviously didn't get it. So it's the fact that it's, it's come 22 <laughs> years later, he's now playing a, a second Captain America. That is kind of fitting. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked where they're trying to go with that. I still don't like him. <laughs> yeah, no, so I liked how they were trying to develop that and trying to almost humanise him, I suppose, because mm. I think, again, I think Marvel have got a very good idea of how their fans are going to react to certain scenes and the amount of memes and stuff that I've seen of the new Captain America, <laughs> of John Walker. Basically, no one likes him. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen one piece of thing on social media that indicates that someone actually likes the idea of this new Captain America, which is fine because then they, that is part of the Yeah, point. I was going to say, yeah. So the fact that they basically spent half the episode with John Walker doing the interviews, trying, like, trying to explain to people that at the end of the day, he doesn't have super strength, he's got courage, that he thinks that's what Steve stood for, he's going to do the best he can possibly can. If it wasn't obvious that he was inevitably going to become evil, I'd believe him. <laughs> I, I still feel like that's the way he's going to go okay so um, my first thing is the weird zipping thing that was the beginning of this episode which felt really male gaze creepy like somebody was undressing so he's so this is uh, the new captain america doing undoing the zip of the costume but it's not clear it's that initially and it's just a bit creepy i'll be honest that was a weird one that just threw me for a bit that's what you put in first yes that was <laughs> I tried to do chronologically, okay? Um, the next thing is the change of intro to marching band, which was a bit... Oh, that was... Yes, okay, right, yes. That's a very good point. Yeah, when, when the, the opening Marvel Studios sequence happened, and it was and it was something else playing, I'm thinking, this is, this is right. <laughs> this is just wrong. Someone put the wrong audio in. <laughs> 
And I'm, I'm, it's not, I'm sure it's not the first time that it's happened. I'm pretty sure in, I think it was Endgame, they, they played a different piece of audio over it. Mm. But then I think Endgame was an entirely different kettle of fish because it was kind of like everything had changed. They were coming back from defeat. So it was, it, it was almost fitting in this way. And it was also, so that audio I think was a, a take or a homage to the original soundtrack to Captain America in the first Avenger, I think. Uh, which was quite nice. I knew there'd be a reason. Yeah. Oh, no, no. The the audio wasn't, it wasn't completely out there. No, there was certain notes or a certain rhythm to it that reminded me of the first Avenger. And I'm sure that was entirely intentional because it's, it's the whole Captain America IP, so to speak, which is exactly what John Walker represents in this. That's true. He's merchandise. He's selling the idea of Captain America. And it, which is interesting because it kind of came back to what we were talking about, I think, previously about WandaVision, that we were saying that, like, oh, she's not just a girl who suddenly got these powers. And we were, like, saying that we, like, missed out on people just being normal humans. And I quite like that in this, he is just a normal human. He isn't a super soldier. He's just a guy who's really gifted, which I thought was an interesting step for for them, character-wise. Yeah, I mean, I will reserve judgment until the end because I can already (laughs) see where the plot is going. They have a whole fight sequence on top of the trucks. You mean the Matrix ripoff? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's totally a Matrix ripoff. What are you talking about? Oh, Even to the like final pushing him off the end. And Lawrence Fishman just did it better. Carry on. It's just a total Matrix <laughs> deal. And yeah, okay. That's that's it. That's all oh. I want to talk about. I mean, we can talk about the fact that they then jump off and are like in each other's arms, rolling down the hill. The immediate reaction was now kiss, and it totally ruined the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's not wrong. I know. It's deliberately intentional. I've definitely seen some sort of um, comparison to I think it's The Lion King with Simba and Nala, um, <laughs> where I think they're tum- they're tumbling into um, into the Shadowlands, and uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Love well, I mean, it's the whole it's the whole buddy comedy bromance isn't it that they're gonna happen but uh anyway sorry moving back on to john walker yes if you've got a bit of comic book knowledge you know that john walker becomes a character called u.s agent who is a villain now at the end of the day we're talking about sorry (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day we know that marvel like to play around with things we know that from iron man 3 with the mandarin we we know that they they're obviously very aware of what comic book lore says about certain characters so they are going to take steps to subvert that which is what they've tried to do with john walker however you've got this group of superpowered people super soldier well i'm saying superpowered people and i'm saying this for a reason yes they are being led to believe that they are like a terrorist group or super soldiers however i noticed at the end of this episode that we haven't actually seen them hurt anyone or kill anyone sorry i should Mm, say that's true we've in the first episode we have the guy he he jumped out of the bank and i know he, he threw I think a police officer at a lamppost and obviously incapacitated him, but didn't kill him as far as we're aware. And again, in this episode, obviously they're they're, they're fighting back against Sam and Bucky and then obviously uh, the new Captain America, but they haven't killed anyone. And as far as I recall, what they were transporting in there was some sort of medicine. Hmm. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because while the first part of the episode builds John Walker to be this... um, Obviously, idealistic figure. He's, he's he's got big shoes to fill, and he's aware of that. He wants to be the best person he could possibly be. He's not super powered, but he's got the courage for it and all that. They build him up as this guy who's being misunderstood. It's kind of like how people reacted. Oh no, I'm going back to the name. I can't remember the actor. Uh, the guy who played the younger Han, Han Solo. Oh him. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, him. sorry. Yep. We we don't we don't need to, we don't need to dwell on his name, but it's kind of like because he had the thankless job of trying to portray a younger Harrison Ford. Yeah. You've got the same situation where John Walker is obviously being placed as the new Captain America, which I think they who wouldn't want to be Captain America, but he's got the <laughs> thankless job of trying to follow on from Steve Rogers. And as far as we can see at the moment, anyway, like the public love him. The public love this new idea of a new Captain America. It's just the people closest to Steve, i.e., Bucky and Sam, at this point. Who are like None. that's his legacy? Yeah, they've taken that. They've taken that away from Steve. Did you really hate that moment in the changing room where he was like trying to give you exposition about his emotional turmoil of trying to take over from Captain America, and just being like, "Oh, this is so forced, <laughs> so forced." Yeah, I suppose, but I mean, exposition is exposition, isn't it? There's no. Okay. Well, no, there is there is a good way of doing exposition, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still but like the whole the, the point of that was to try and show that he's not done this likely. He's not doing this to try and piss off anyone. Mm. He's just doing this because he's he's as far as we're concerned a patriot. Um, and what's a more patriotic symbol than Captain America? The whole reason I'm saying this is because obviously they spend that time to try and build that up, and then you have the moment at the end where he's saying, "You better stay out of my way." But also on that whole fight scene on the truck. I'm calling him Captain America. John Walker pulls out a pistol and shoots one of these guys. Hmm. Now, pe- people will be quick to say that, that Steve Rogers would never have done that. I disagree. I mean, Steve Rogers was shooting people in the war, but that's slightly different in terms of a, of a, of a now modern world comparison. True. Um, it'd be very odd if Chris Evans' if Captain America ended up shooting someone See, the more I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about the Winter Soldier, but then they were always shooting at him first, I think. is <laughs> Well, that's that's because that's the American kind of government military thing, isn't it? You're not allowed to engage unless they're engaging first. So technically they were. Yeah. Well, I suppose I suppose what my argument here is uh, that whole truck fight sequence, at the end of the day, these super soldiers are just, they're, they're, they're pulling punches. They're not mm. shooting them with anything. But then John Walker ends up pulling out a pistol and shooting one of these guys. And then he falls to the ground and, and two of his, his, his friends basically are, are like checking on him. Is it okay? And it's, there's that emotional charge. It's, it's, it looks like it is going down the route of that. These guys aren't actually terrorists. They are just trying to get medicine to the right places. They're trying to support people, save people. And I don't necessarily think that John Walker is like a Hydra puppet or anything like that. No. I don't think he has an evil agenda. I think at the end of the day, he is going to be a guy under a lot of pressure to perform and then be this next Captain America. That's but true. I think it's going to go down the lines where they, we find out what created these new super soldiers. And John Walker is going to take that formula to gain some, like super strength, etc. But then he's going to, it's, it's going to go down the whole mad with power kind of path. That's where I'm starting to see this. Because at the end of the day, Bucky won't accept him. Sam won't accept him. And I think that's going to really piss him off. Because it's like, look, I'm just trying to do my job here. And you guys are getting in the way, so to speak. Do you, but, but my problem is, like, this is this is just... I, what I feel like is they didn't have enough information to do it as a proper film. So instead, they're making a TV series. But it just feels really kind of slow. And a bit <laughs> forced. And, like... Even by their own critique of like what is a villain, which is the uh, big three androids, aliens, or wizards, this really isn't an actually a big threat. And it kind of annoyed me because it's like, so you know, this isn't a film worthy. You're just you're just 
taking us to the next point where you can release a film. No, just me. Well, no, I get it. I, no, I, I can understand that to a point. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I, I, I don't know. I suppose in terms of the threat level, they kind of make a joke about this in, in, in Spider-Man: Far From Home, where Quentin Beck, sorry, at the very final act, he he ends up saying, "Now that's an Avengers-level threat." It's like, and then they because of everything that has come before it now. We've we've gone past the point where it's just Iron Man against another version, like an evil version of Iron Man. It has now got to be this colossal sort of world-changing event, so to speak. And I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. Like I think the fact that they've gone, like Civil War, for example, I suppose, like technically the 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 threat was Zemo and the potential of eight more Winter Soldiers. That wasn't necessarily an Avengers-level threat. Obviously, this is before Infinity War and Endgame. But I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's more a case of, yes, they they couldn't flesh this out into or make it big enough to be this sort of like big blockbuster movie. They could probably have maybe done it on a smaller budget and then released it as a Disney Plus exclusive. But it depends on where they're going to go in the next four episodes I mean I know I know I said this in, in, in the last episode when we're saying that, well that is episode number one we've got five more to go because I remember you saying that we don't see we don't see Bucky and Sam together which in this one we do I'll be honest this felt far more like a first episode like I know that sounds ridiculous but like in terms of the plot that actually happened and the character development this was a first episode last episode was just placing people it didn't really kind of lead to anything yeah which is which to be fair i think at least with well certain tv series again i'm kind of harking back to game of thrones here but the first episode of every season was always setting up the board it was Mm. always to get the pieces in position before the games actually played but they at least would put in okay i suppose aside from the big fight in the canyon they didn't really to me they didn't really have another thing that was exciting about that episode Plot-wise, or, or like no, a episode, episode one was the opening fight sequence to basically demonstrate what like this is this like this is going to be a big sort of traditional Marvel mm. epic, so to speak, and then we're sort of touching base with Bucky and Sam in terms of where they are after the blip, um, and then obviously introducing the threat, so to speak, is that 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 is that is episode one setting up the setting up the premise for the rest of the series episode two obviously brings bucky and sam back together which to be fair i think happened far too quickly yeah it's almost like it should have happened in the last episode and then well no i think i think no i think i think the fact that the last episode the first episode ends on the introduction of the new captain america and then you've got sam and bucky separate but reacting to it which they didn't show yeah <laughs> which they didn't show but and then they, they're reacting to it i mean i think that that because you kind of that moment the, the, the what, what we were talking about last time is we wanted to see how bucky was reacting mm. to that announcement yeah we cut we got that at the beginning of this episode when he was getting interviewed so you're right that should really have become part of the end of episode one but it's the fact that it, it, yeah it just it made me it made me laugh or question the, the sort of logic in terms of the writers at that point of how did Bucky know where Sam was? <laughs> yeah. How did he know that he was in that hangar, that he was about to go on a mission? And like, 
It was too easy, yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I get. It was kind of like, here comes Bucky out of nowhere saying, you shouldn't have given up the shield. And Sam's like, look, I don't want to deal with this. I've got something else to do. I'm going on a mission. Basically, Bucky tags along for no reason, really. Uh, I mean, that that all happened very quickly. I mean, I know that Bucky's in a position where he's trying to adjust to civilian life, let's say, but clearly he's, because he's a soldier, because of everything he's gone through, he can't sit still. Is in the same sense that Iron Man could never give up the Iron Man series because yeah. that's he felt that was his role in life or some, something like that. So, but but it, we didn't get any of that. It was very much a case of here comes Bucky. He's trying to pick a fight with Sam because he get, gave up the shield, um, and he's just going to hop on this plane with him to God knows where to do God knows what. It's kind of like they kind of just threw Bucky at Sam. <laughs> wait for it. Wait for it. Recall. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> really there should have been a case of where yeah Bucky had ambushed Sam maybe I don't know just somewhere like as a, in a civilian setup yeah and sort of had that conversation with him and then Sam's like look I can't deal with this I'm going I've, I've got to go here to investigate this and then that's where the whole thing comes up with Bucky's like well, well I'll come along with you so to speak completely agree yeah so that was that was a little off it was basically that was a way of we just need to push those two together I know you're going to have some differing opinions to this, but when they were having the therapy scene, but I liked Bucky's response, the whole thing about like, if he was wrong about you, he was wrong about me. But that was, that was a really nice moment for him. It was, it felt a bit forced, but it was, um, I felt like it as a reveal, it came too quickly. But the thing that annoys me most about that therapy scene is the staring contest. And this is completely (laughs) an editing thing. They didn't let the joke land. They needed literally like two more seconds, two more shots even, of them looking at each other to get the, oh, you're doing a staring contest. Oh, cut it out. And it just, uh, I knew what they were doing. They spent so much time setting it up and then it just kind of went, no. No, you're right. I mean, this is one of the weird situations where the trailer did it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. Because the trailer, the, the, the trailer, the trailer shows that scene. Yeah. It shows them like the trailer ends mm. with them having their starring contest, and it's the whole cut between the two of them, sort of like trying to keep their gaze, and it that that just works. I mean, that that made the joke work in the trailer, and then you're quite right. In this scene, it was, Ooh, it, yeah, it was just not. It was just odd. It didn't feel odd. It felt like, well, hold on, you've managed to, you sold it perfectly in the trailer. How have you not sold it here? So yes, that was that was bad. The <laughs> other thing I wanted, to, okay, I've got a really dumb question that this is, I thought Captain America was still alive. Is Captain America still alive or did he die at this point? Alive as in old Captain America still yeah. alive. Yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming not. But it hasn't actually been shown, right? No, it hasn't actually been shown, no. As far as, like, um, old Steve appearing at the end of Endgame yeah. and passing the shield on to Sam, I don't think it has been inherently confirmed whether or not he has passed away or whether or not he is still sort of living somewhere. I am inclined to believe that he has passed away because I feel like they bring him... I feel like, it, it, it's narratively anyway, at the end of the day, if, if old Steve was sat at home, watching the fact that a new Captain America had just been introduced, he'd be on the phone to Sam immediately being like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I gave you that shield. No, I know. That's true. That's true. No, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, yeah, I'm assuming that old Steve has passed away in this timeline. Right. Um, okay. Again, I, I suppose that, I, I suppose that has to be the case. If we find out, if we find out that he is alive. Mm. With no cell reception. 
Well, just any anything to the point, like, at the end of the day, if, if Bucky and Sam, could, we, we talked about this again about the first episode. Mm. Bucky and Sam are dealing with the fact that they've lost their Steve, so to speak. They've lost their friend. Oh. But, oh, why are you saying it like that? Oh, well, it's just very sweetly how you put it. Well, they have, they, 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 they've lost their friend in terms of the Steve that they knew obviously went back into the past and then came back as an old man. And if, if he was still alive, then that's still a connection to him. They haven't lost him in the same way as it looks like they have, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, so true. as far as as far as far narratively, it would make no sense for Steve to still be alive. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Again, it's not been, it's not exactly been completely confirmed, but that's what I'm willing to believe. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, I think we should just talk about the Black Lives Matter moment. Yes. For those of you listening who haven't seen the episode... Sam nearly gets arrested by two white cops for walking down a street while openly arguing with Bucky. Sam is then let go after they realise he is an Avenger. What did you think about that? Right, so there's a couple of things here. I was very surprised that they put that in. Mm. I didn't think Marvel would have it. I didn't think Marvel would have it in them. They touched upon it with Black Panther because at the end of the day, part of Killmonger's motivations was because at the end of the day, black people are being suppressed all across the world and Wakanda sat here as this technological race and they're doing nothing. That was part of his uh, motivation and that's obviously what made him a, a, a compelling villain to a point because he does have good intentions he's just going about it probably in the wrong way arguably in the wrong way. So when yeah, when, when they're in that neighbourhood and Sam and Bucky are having that fight and the cops stop them. I was, I was sat there, I was, I was watching it with my housemate and I was sat there and we looked at each other and we're like oh my god they're going to do it. Yeah. This is going to happen. Yeah. Ooh. And I don't think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen this type of scene in a Marvel movie. In any no. other any other Marvel film. No, I was, yeah, I'm really, I'm pretty good on them. I'm so glad they did it. I think it mm. was bold, but I think that's what that was what we, that's what we need to see. Um, and, yeah, I think yeah. I think we do need to see it. I think my, my my slight reservation, not to the scene itself, just to be clear, I think it was the fact that like we have seen that exact same scene. In countless other TV shows, yeah. films, etc., yeah. there was nothing necessarily new, new or yeah. out there about it. And there was a part of me that's thinking, "Have Marvel just shoehorned this in mm. to tick a box?" Now that's me being cynical. I do agree that they should have put it in. Was there a better way to do it, though? It's. I, I just hope they put it in for the right reason. Right. Okay. And I, I think part of it they did because obviously that scene came off the back of them going to visit. Um, is he called Araya? Is basically the uh, the guy who Bucky encountered in the fifties, who is a super soldier himself. Yes. Now that implies. Now, obviously, we're talking about in the, the whole plot is revolving around these other super soldiers. Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. You were right. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. He's... So yeah, I had to do a bit of googling after this because I found it quite interesting. But yeah, as far as the plot's concerned, obviously, we're talking about these these other super soldiers running about causing chaos. Let's say, and now we've found out that we've got Isaiah who Bucky obviously came toe-to-toe with in the 50s, who is another super soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that throws up a lot of questions, because obviously, we, we, as far as we were concerned up to this point, Steve was the only person who successfully became a super soldier. Yeah, yeah. And then, technically, the Hulk, so the whole, in the, well, the, the first Hulk film, this is before <laughs> the Hulk became Mark Ruffalo, um, they do allude to the fact that what they were trying to do was replicate the serum that created uh, Captain America. Ah, oh, okay. But then obviously it went very wrong because he then ended up being a giant green rage monster. But here we're finding out that, well, actually, they did manage to successfully 
make another super soldier and many others. I mean, even in Civil War, we know that there were other super soldiers out there, but that was that was obviously the bad guys. So basically, we could have had a black Captain America way before. Yeah. So the question is, why? Like, why wasn't he now? In the comics, and I don't, and I do hope they kind of play more into this whole Asaya because it'd be a shame if they just brought him in for that one scene. Yeah. For that yeah. one scene, and then didn't bring him back. But but basically, a black Captain America in in the fifties. There was a comic book story where he basically took the Captain America costume mm-hmm. to to do a mission, and then when he came back after being doing that mission successfully, I think he was incarcerated right. for stealing the, the wow. thing, okay. and that was because the uh, U.S. government didn't want to publicise the fact that they had a black Captain America because they'd have to admit that they were experimenting on black subjects. Right. Yeah. 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 So I mean. For a comic book, that's a very, very difficult subject to kind of deal with. Definitely, and that is that is why I'm saying that that scene. I'm really hoping they didn't just do it to tick a box. I'm hoping they did it because they have a long term goal. Definitely, and I, I, I suppose that also plays into the fact that Sam is supposed to, at least as far as we've been led to believe, become the next Captain America, which would make him the Black Captain America. And if they've still got it in, in this world, which I think is like 2023, I think, if they've still got those prejudices, I suppose that kind of plays into the fact that why did Sam not want to take up the shield? Was it because he thought people wouldn't accept him because he was black? I don't know. It's like there's a lot of there's, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways they could take this on. And I, I am just hoping I'm hoping that in future episodes they do kind of play onto that because I'd hate them. I'd hate for that to yeah. just be a throwaway scene. Yeah. Um, absolutely absolutely okay well we'll see we'll see let's hope so we'll see we'll see that's gone into quite yeah it's gone into quite serious territory no i agree i agree that that scene that scene was brilliant like it was i'm glad that they put it in there i'm just hoping that there's more of that to come Mm. more of that to come so to speak was his um was Isaiah's son was he also a super soldier i wasn't sure if that was clear no although we don't know what happens yeah. if a super soldier procreates. Yeah, that was a yeah. That was interesting I don't thing. know if it's passed on by DNA or whether or not it's it, it's it is a chemical a case of thing. It's, yeah, yeah, scientific. Well, we'll um, see because he would be an awesome. The son would be an awesome Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I think he is again as far as the comic book lore is concerned. I think he does become something uh, patriot or something like that. He does become. He does end up having an alias. Cool. Um, Awesome. So, all right, great. Yeah, maybe they'll pick up on that in the future. But... Let's hope so. Let's hope yeah. so. I hope they bring him back. That's all I yes. can say. I hope they bring him back. It was back. a lovely, lovely performance, definitely, uh, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd, just, it'd be such a waste if they just left it at that. But, uh, and yeah, again, I suppose it kind of went back to the whole thing of like Bucky. Bucky obviously knows about him and didn't tell Steve about it yeah. as well, which is also quite. We've never, we haven't seen him before, by the way. Just, um, we hadn't seen him. No, no, no. no, no. Okay, okay, cool. No, no, no. This is the first time, as far as the MCU is concerned, he was brought in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bucky is encountering someone from his past when he was the Winter Soldier. He wasn't in control of his actions, but he knows he did it, and it's it's like him coming to terms with his past again, I suppose. And I just love the fact that when Bucky has that line, it's like, "This is a sire we we met in the 1950s. He was uh, one of Hydra's like most wanted, uh, what most feared heroes." And then a sire turns around and says, "Met by you mean I kicked your ass?" <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. I do like him. Yeah. Oh, but, beautiful. Uh, we'll see. Beautiful. So we did mention about the free agents versus the army stuff uh, in the previous episodes as to clarify exactly how the superheroes work. 
so that was kind of nice to actually get clarified this time that Bucky and Sam are free agents who work for this as opposed to Captain America who is employed by the army which was a nice division that we hadn't got yeah it was I mean yes it was it was good to get that bit of explanation I mean my question is what the hell happened to the Sokovian Accords the whole point of Civil War and the Sokovian Accords was that this didn't happen. Yeah, but Endgame. <laughs> was, yeah, but Endgame happened. That was what happened. Well, yeah, no, but if, fair enough. If, if Endgame and, and the blip, if that was all, if that's all related to why they are now free agents, then fair enough. But we don't have that. <laughs> We've, we we have nothing to suggest that the blip changed the Sokovian Accords at the end. Sorry, when they came back, I suppose. At least no dialogue. I mean, you can assume that now because yeah, you are quite right. Bucky and Sam, it's almost like they can operate... Under the radar. Well, under the radar, independently, so mm. to speak. They're not they're not tied to a government agency, um, which just basically makes them mercenaries, I suppose. Yeah, and also, how are they paid? Well, they're not, clearly. We, we were aware of that. So, just, yeah. More to come, I think. More to come on that one. Yeah, I did like that scene. Mm. Um, I know I brought it up at the beginning of this episode, but when Sam's just like... We're not restricted. Yeah, like we can we can be a bit more flexible. So what? Why the hell would we work with you? Mm. Mm. And John Walker just turns around and says, "Well, you better stay out of my way." I mean, at the moment, John Walker ain't going to be able to take either of them on. I mean, Bucky's a bloody super soldier, <laughs> and he could barely take on one of them on that truck. Um, yeah, exactly. But this is why this this is why I think he's gonna he is going to now be a sort of pitting himself against Sam and Bucky, mm. want to prove himself to them. But I think because he's going to come up against so many roadblocks, it's going to get to a point where he takes some sort of serum, he gets super strength, and he becomes he becomes the baddie. Yeah, absolutely. Before before we go into Zemo, I have to mention the moment where Bucky has read uh, The Hobbit in 1937. Who you were like, legend, love it. Oh god, <laughs> it was good. I actually laughed. I was happy. I did like that. Someone worked out actually about what age Bucky would have been when The Hobbit came out. And I think he must have been in his like, 20s. So he didn't read it as a kid. <laughs> he didn't, because The Hobbit was a children's book. So he wouldn't have read it as a kid. So people are like, oh my God, Bucky's a nerd. <laughs> oh God, no. Oh, I love it. I, I did like it. that interaction. I mean, okay, well, so so, so what, how, how are you finding the interaction between Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie? I felt like the scene with the psychologist actually showed a degree of difficulty between them. And, and kind of hostility, which I didn't really feel as strongly anywhere else during their interaction. So you got the moment on the plane where they're kind of bickering. And he's like, oh, okay, see, you know, you're just going to leave me, fine. But it, it wasn't... <laughs> it didn't hit home as much as the staring contest in the trailer. So it was kind of like, oh, so we're now going to go talk to Hydra because we've got nothing left to do. Yeah, you know, I kind of expected a fight. I expected, like... One of them. I don't. That's the thing. They're, they're kind of both too moral to just be like, sod it, I'm going to walk away. And I thought Bucky was going to be the one to be like, Sam, why are you doing this? Just give up. Doesn't matter. Like, you know, that's what I expected. I expected somebody to be like, just turn, just give up. Just go away. Don't, don't do this. And then that would be the impetus to be like, right, we're going to kick Captain America in his, in his it's too big a chin um, <laughs> and, and do it properly. I didn't really feel like there was that kind of like build to like, we've got to fix this no i think that's coming i think we're i I think yeah it's not sort of pushed to the extremes but i think sam is very much resigned to what's happened with the shield he doesn't like it but he's resigned to it like he's not going to fight it so to speak which was a bit surprising because i I, we with the first episode we 
we know that Sam passes on the shield to go to the Smithsonian and then it ends up being given to a new Captain America. So there's a bit of a trail on there. But we know that Bucky's taking it harder. Bucky tells like Sam at some point in the episode, he's like, let's just take the shield from him. Yeah, exactly. For Bucky, basically, that shield symbolises Steve. And to see it in the hands of someone else just, yeah, doesn't sell well with him. They showed that really well with the moment where Bucky grabs the shield for... Uh, and you can tell yeah. him just looking at the camera, just being like, oh, I'm back doing this again. And I like that. I really like... Again, so again, back to my thing of previous episode, they're developing Bucky and Sam is like, what are you doing? And like, just, 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 what, what do you want? I'm, I'm unclear. You're just, you're just kind of sleepwalking through this at points of doing the right thing without actually having any kind of, I don't know. He hasn't said anything to tell us what he wants. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm, no, I'm still, I'm still with you there. I do think there are, there are subtle moments where they are sorting to go along the lines of what Sam's flaws are, trying to build his character, so to speak. I, I do, but I think they are too subtle to work yeah. at this point. In the first episode, there was the whole conversation with Rhodey as to why he didn't take up the shield. Obviously, we're now getting to the point where... So we, we, we've had that scene, which we've already discussed, where the police stop him, single him out. Again, I'm still chalking this up to we're on episode two of six. By the end, we'll see where the character is. I mean, at the end of the day, if we get to episode six and they still haven't developed Sam's character at all, you're quite happy to turn around and say, <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> so all right, okay, I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold that. I'll hold that card. Okay. I think part of Sam's character so to speak not necessarily what he wants but what his character is going to be is the fact that he doesn't feel worthy of that shield and when in fact actually he is because steve believed it bucky believes it to a point he just doesn't believe it himself and while he does have this exterior of being a very charismatic almost confident person clearly there is something else there which 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 he doesn't he doesn't believe in himself and this is me very much reading into the subtle details and and no, I think you're right. I think you're completely right because what was so frustrating about the psychologist is I expected her to pull something out of the two of them that was kind of exciting. And I didn't... Aside from Bucky's reveal, you got nothing from Sam. It was just, I'm not engaging with it. No, and I think that was... Yeah, that was very much a setup for, for the staring contest joke, I suppose. Mm. Because when yeah, when she, when she said, Sam, you're in this too... And he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm all right, I'm all right. It's like, it's, and she's just like, no, that's not a request. <laughs> I'd expected something to become of that for Sam. I expected it to pull. You're quite right. Pull something out of him as a therapist would, even if it was a case of Bucky had left the room and Sam was still there, and then she mentioned she says something to him, even if it was like even just to sort of directly ask the question to him, why did you give her the shield? Yeah, yeah. Which would be completely, completely out of, out of place in terms of that scenario because of the way she's Bucky's therapist. Well, she no, because it would have been good because he'd have been like, "I don't need any therapy," and she's like, "Yeah, but why did you give up the shield?" That would have been a wonderful. Even if he hadn't replied, just asking the question would have been a nice thing. Yeah. 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 Madding. No, I, I, so it's just another little thing that uh, because Bucky obviously has the whole history of being the Winter Soldier, that is something that they can build on quite nicely. Hmm. Sam has less to build on. Then give him something. <laughs> just yeah, to... which, which, hope, which, which hopefully by the end we will do. Hopefully by the end we will have something. Let's hope so. But look, I, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We've got four episodes left. I'm still liking. I'm still liking where it's going. Because the point is, I mean, even though we know for one division. The, the, the big stuff's going to happen at the very end. Yes, so no, that's true. We'll see what happens that's there. That's true. Okay. Let's talk about Zemo. We got about, hmm, what was it? Four seconds of him? <laughs> yeah. I screamed at the television. 
I it was it was oh, it was just yeah. <laughs> as soon as it happened, I was like, yes, he's gonna we're gonna, gonna bring him back. And then I, to be honest, I thought they were going to see Zemo instead of Asira. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was where that was going. I thought we were going to get Zemo sort of halfway through the episode, and then at the, yeah, at the very end, he's saying like, "We've got to talk, we've got to talk to him." And it and it sh- and it shows that one shot of him, and then it cuts to the credits, and I'm like, "Oh, I should have foreseen this." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like I've got to wait another week. Um, oh. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know what else to say about Zemo. If I could reach through the through the screen, I'd give you a hug, James. I'm sorry. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It was a big thing for you. I I did laugh too. I have to admit when I was like and four seconds okay okay yeah, uh, yeah, that, was, that, yeah, was, that yeah. was good that was good guys well done well done you are making it out like I have some sort of weird obsession <laughs> with him I just think he's a fantastic character and I think I'm really hoping that they do him justice in this I, I mean, he's got more character than the two of them combined so I'm, I'm not I'm not complaining about this I'm just it's just yeah, entertaining yeah because yeah. he's got a backstory yeah he's got a backstory <laughs> as to why he did all these evil things motivation flaws mm. any of yeah, this yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I, if, if anything, I'm more intrigued now because I thought I thought Zemo was going to come into contact with uh, Sam and Bucky through the plot, so to speak, mm. through through the involvement of the super soldiers. I did not think for a second that Bucky and Sam were going to go and find Zemo. Yes, that didn't seem initially like that's what they were going to do. Which, which, yeah, which is what which is actually made me more intrigued for how he's going to be included in the next in the in the rest of the season. So in Civil War, we know that Zemo. Well, we are led to believe that Zemo is wanting to take control of these eight other super soldiers to cause havoc. Mm. Yes. Which wasn't the case at all. He ended up finding them and then putting a bullet in their heads. He doesn't want the idea of superheroes. He doesn't want them in the world. So the fact that there's eight more super soldiers running around, I, I don't know if it's going to become a situation where he ends up teaming up with Bucky and Sam. Yeah, that's where I felt that was going, yeah. And I'm not 100% sure how i feel about that um i mean if they end up if they end up turning zemo into some sort of anti-hero yes i'll probably find that very disappointing (laughs) i'm sorry but i have a feeling that's where this is going and then he's gonna betray them at the end oh no if he betrays them at the end fine oh okay okay fair enough what i'm saying what i'm saying is what i don't want them to do what i don't want disney to do is take one of your villains and try and make them a hero this is not maleficent this is not cruella (laughs) Let's see. I'm actually, do you know what? I'm actually more. I'm looking forward to this next episode far more than the other two. <laughs> <laughs> because the plot's starting to pick up. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The I'm gonna say up to this point has been explanation, exposition, and mm. place cards. Place, yeah, place cards of 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 plot without actual any plot. Yep, that's what I'm gonna say. It's been pretty until now. Finally, bring it. Come on. Even the ginger cool. Um, I wrote down her name. Wait. Uh, even the ginger Carly Morgenthau. I we finally got to meet her, and then it was like, oh, she's just oh okay. She's just a bit of a shy teenager who's got some guys and trying to save the world. Kind of Greta Thunberg without the like actual stage presence at all. Oh my god! <laughs> as if you just said that. Oh god, Greta Thunberg without the stage presence. That is that is how you're describing. <laughs> is it Carly? Is Carly Morgan now, yeah. I lo- I know. Right, okay. And she looks oh, the part, no. and then she just didn't do anything, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I don't know she 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 killed Redwing. Yeah, but was it satisfying? <laughs> was it satisfying? I did. I did. I th- I thought that, and I thought, no, 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 no. This, this, this is. If, if you think this is going to fool us all into believing that you think Redwing's not coming back, 
I mean, you've brought back you've brought back dead characters before. We know that he's a drone. We know Samson's yeah. going to rebuild him. Oh god, yeah. It's like no. If you want some emotional impact, do not try and kill a drone. <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, it's not, not the same. It's not. I'm pretty sure Reddy will come yeah, back as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we can talk about Battlestar. Oh, number two. Yes. Yes, that was the number two, wasn't they? I don't know. I don't think I've got much to say about. Yeah. Him, yeah. He just was there. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize. I didn't realize in that first scene when he was talking to John Walker that he was going to become. Yeah. Something. A bigger part. Yeah. <laughs> but then. I suppose I suppose what they're going for at that point is that Lamar Hoskins. Lamar Hoskins, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, he didn't really have much to do. <laughs> no, but what they're trying to do there is they're trying to they're, they're trying to mirror Yes. What's what Steve and Sam were and what they have. Oh, did you miss that? That massive shoehorn in there. No, 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 that was really subtly done. Subtlety or not. I mean, at the end of the day, that is what they're trying to do. <laughs> It'd be interesting further down the line if there's actually a scene that explains whether these two so John Walker and Hoskins? Yes. Lamar. Lamar Hoskins. Like whether they did serve together or whether they were friends. Hmm. Um or whether or not they were put together uh. by some sort of media team to this is it becomes very much like have you watched the boys? Yes. So it's very much that. It's like that whole they've got you've got your press and publicity team trying to market these I people. Think, that I, is what I think it is because when we first saw him, his girlfriend was leaving. And he goes, oh, it's my turn. So I assumed that they were friends beforehand. See, I'm assuming they're friends, but it, I think if they, yeah, if it was, if it's a deliberate thing to mirror, oh, it is Sam and, Sam and Bucky, which I think Completely it is. is. It, it, it's more a case of is that is that Marvel showing the parallel, or is that the the government or the the team behind this new Captain America? Is that them trying to? That's a good question show this parallel it's it's whether or not it's it's an it's a organ it's a hmm. it's the production companies mirroring or whether it's the in universe company doing it yeah you, you, i know i know you i know you know what i'm talking yes about. Um, yeah, yeah it's a bit difficult to explain no okay it's just we'll it's see. just a, it's just the fact that obviously his character being alongside the new captain america came in the same episode where we got to meet a who's the first black captain america and we had that scene where Sam got stopped by the police. There's, there's just a, there's, there was quite a few things going on there, and it might not all tie together. It might just be all coincidence, and it could just be a case of the actor was the perfect person, perfect person for the job. No, that's so, an interesting question. Interesting question. We will see. If you are in the UK, you can find Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like all good Marvel children, on Disney Plus. Thank you for listening to a bit of film podcast with Patty and James. If you enjoyed, please feel free to share it with your friends, families, and mortal enemies. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode wherever you get your podcast. You can contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can always email us at abitoffilm at gmail.com with new theories, opinions, and comments. We'd love to read them. 